0: So we've been going through the book of Judges and um, kind of the pattern that we've been talking about is this pattern of kind of the cycle of the Israelites sinning, falling away from God, forgetting who God is, then God allowing them to be oppressed by their neighbors. Once they're oppressed by their neighbors, they tend to call out to God for help. And when they do so, when things get bad enough. God responds, and he helps them, and he raises up a judge, and the the Hebrew word for judge also means leader. Last week, we talked about one of the most remarkable judges of all, Deborah, and it's interesting, too, because a lot of the judges are flawed people, and we are going to read about that today in talking about Gideon, one of the more famous judges. If you were to ask people, a Christian or a Jew, name the judges of the Old Testament, well, who's the first judge you think is going to come to mind? Samuel. uh, that's a good one, actually. Very good. I, Good point. <clears throat> yes, that could be one of them. What's another one? Sam's son, right? <clears throat> and then Gideon or Deborah might be third or fourth on that list. And so today we're going to talk about Gideon. Now, another thing to keep in mind here is that these judges tend to be flawed. And and we're gonna see that today in that God raises them up, they tend to deliver their people, the Israelites, from oppression, from the, the yoke of bondage of their enemies. But then, often they tend to fall back into the same problems that Israel was struggling with to begin with. And they kind of go right back to that cycle again. One of the interesting things about Deborah is you don't read that about her. You don't read about her flaws obviously she had them. The Bible doesn't really speak about them. Today we are going to talk about flaws. And in fact, I think we're going to jump right in to the Word of God, Judges 6.
1: The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and, became, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains, and the caves, and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops... The Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in numbers. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste the land as they came in, and Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the, I don't know, Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, "'Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house.' And the Lord said to him, "'But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man.' And he said to him, "'If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you.' And he said, "'I will stay till you return.'" So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an epa of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes And fire sprang up from the rock, and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands at Oprah, which belongs to the Abizrites. writes that night the lord said to him take your father's bull and the second bull seven years old and put pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut cut down the asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the lord your god on the top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the asherah that you cut down So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him, but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asherah beside it was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called... That is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he broke down his altar. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and the Abizrites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, and they too were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they went up to meet them. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, Behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. And it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the
0: ground there was dew. Nice job. Thank you very much. Excellent. So (coughs) first I'm gonna ask for your reactions here. There's a lot that happens in this chapter. And this is a good pause point. What do you what do you take away from this chapter?
2: First of all, it's just a matter of fact. Then the Sons of Israel were the side of the Lord. We just went through this big victory and there they go. This
3: I thought it was good on Gus part that he,
4: you know, went Mm ahead and did the police for him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which he wouldn't have to do, you know, to trust. But he did it anyway, and I think that's, I think it's loving. Okay, caring, don't you think?
0: We'll talk about that.
5: The uh, the Midianites were a group that God had told Israel to destroy, Mm -hmm. and they did not do that. Mm -hmm. They let some of them live, and now here we are full circle. The Midianites have repopulated, they're strong, and now they're oppressing Israel because Israel didn't do what God told them to do.
0: Not just oppressing <coughs> Israel. What do you read is happening? <coughs> Things are so bad. What are the people of Israel doing?
3: Yeah, they're, like hiding they're hiding in caves. hiding
0: in caves. How bad is it that you have to go hide in a cave when they show up? That's rare. This
3: seems like the worst oppression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least they're describing it with the most oppression yeah. that they've mm-hmm. faced so far.
0: You think oppression? Uh, you look back at what's happened here in, in Joshua. And in judges and it tends to be we had a group of people come in they tried to attack one of our cities they tried to burn it to the ground or take our women and, and children and our crops but here it's like wholesale they're, they are swooping in they are taking everything over there they're either destroying all of the all of their crops they're letting all their animals graze on the land they're essentially coming in like locusts and driving the Israelites out they're actually pushing the Israelites out, so that's that is a whole different thing now.
3: I mean, they don't even need to kill the Israelites because they're just
0: starving to <coughs> death. <basically, coughs> right? You know, like mm-hmm. take taking all your food. I did.
2: What are you going to do? I found it interesting that Gideon was using the wine press. Like they'll never find my wheat yeah. here. <laughs> they'll never look at the it's wine so press.
0: It's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I maybe mean, there's maybe
2: some more to that. But mm-hmm. <coughs> hide our own little things behind the most makes me think of like um, if I want to share with somebody something that I've struggled with mm-hmm. and I'll go to a certain level mm-hmm. you know, I mean not go all the whole way mm-hmm. but I'll go to a certain level and hopefully that will satisfy their belief in me i guess okay and, you know maybe
5: restore some <coughs> mm-hmm. i've got notes here that comment on why why gideon was doing this in the wine press okay please share that um <coughs> and it, it says that you know the threshing process was normally done on top of a hill where the chaff <coughs> could be spread out and the wind would blow it and it would make a big cloud and be easy <coughs> to see from okay. all over and this is you know, guessing that he was in this wine <coughs> press because the wine press would be hidden in a lower area; it wouldn't be making all the the cloud of dust and wouldn't be easily seen from the bands of marauders. That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. seems logical. That makes sense to me. Yeah. No, this person wasn't there either, so. Well, that's it, right? Who knows? Obviously,
0: there was a reason. So, <laughs> so let's let's ask then. <laughs> let's take just one step back. And I want to talk about Deuteronomy 6.16. This is really important. And this gets at what is happening here in Judges with this idea of testing God. (coughs) Now, we had several incidents here where Gideon tests him. And we would use the word test in English. But the Hebrew for for this act, there's different words for the idea of testing God. And we're going to talk about that. First, I would like someone to read Deuteronomy 6.16. Who can read that for me?
6: You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested him at Massa.
0: So this is the Hebrew word, "bakan." I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I'm just guessing if that's how you say it. But this word means something very specific. It means to, to test, to try, or to tempt. So this is test, try, or tempt. Guess where... The meaning or the core idea of this word reappears in the New Testament.
5: Well, Jesus quoted it when he responded to Satan and his uh, temptations in the wilderness You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: That is exactly right. And that is the meaning that Jesus is referring to. Don't push me, don't, don't push God into forcing his hand. Don't say I'm about to do something horrible here, and if you, if it's your righteousness, you stop me, or vice versa. I'm about to do something, uh, you know, uh, you know, in a way that that essentially forces God to act. It's it's in God's realm to act when He wants to act. It's not your realm. You you do not control God. Don't tempt Him either, in an evil way or a wicked way. This is contrasted with a different Hebrew word. <coughs> Which we see in Malachi three six to ten, and if anyone knows what this is gonna be here, this is a this is a very important part of the Old Testament. Who wants to read Malachi three, six to ten?
6: For I the Lord do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, Have we? how have we robbed you? In your tithes and your contributions, you have cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bringing the full tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to tr- the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need.
0: This is a Hebrew word called nakah. This means something completely different. This means to examine. To examine, to scrutinize, or to prove. God is saying here in Malachi what? It's okay to do what?
5: Yes, it's okay test to a, Test him through your obedience, yes. not through some there scheme. There we go. Test through obedience.
0: God says, if your heart is right, if you, if you do what I tell you, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to prove to you that I am God of the universe. But the first step is yours. In this, you have a whole different mindset from your heart. Your heart is in the wrong place. What
3: they do around the you yep. They say, go ahead it in Massa. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that when they were complaining that they didn't have water and mm-hmm. then Moses struck mm-hmm. the rock mm-hmm. instead of talking to the rock? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, already they were talking about God taken them out of Egypt. He showed them all these mm-hmm. things. He showed them that he could sustain them through yep. Vienna and all these other
0: things. Yep. And then they're like, oh, but well, we're thirsty. And it's like, well, you mm-hmm. can just give them water at yeah. a different time, too. So, like, they, they were using the evidence that they had before them to Yep. So let's talk about this. Gideon must be aware that he is pushing some boundary here and he's worried. Why? Because when he says to God, I want you to prove to me you are who you are and you're going to do this, he says, Do not be angry with me. (laughs) He knows. His conscience knows there's something going on here. But now I'm going to ask you here, Gideon is struggling with what key problem? Trust. Himself. Trust. Himself. Faith. What does God do? He answers him. He doesn't strike him dead. He doesn't burn his town to the ground. He doesn't yell at him. He answers him and he does what he is asked. So, what are God's acts? That he used to strengthen Gideon's faith. Let's list them.
4: Well, at first he calls him, uh, what does he say to him? Uh, where is it? In the very beginning. He calls him Almighty Man of Valor In uh, verse 12.
0: Okay. So we have a situation where God, God essentially builds him up. Through words, okay. Yeah. God knows what He's capable of. Yes. Gideon doesn't know He's capable of. That's good.
1: That's good. I found it interesting that Gideon tells God to wait. Wait here while I go get this. And, uh, yeah, I kind
5: of thought that, too. Why didn't you say, come with me?
1: <laughs> like,
0: God's I'm like, go like yeah, I got nothing better to do. So he waited. It was <laughs> another
1: yeah. act of God. When he waited, like, he said, okay, I'll wait. And then when he came back, he was still there.
3: So he, ah, okay. Yeah. God waited
0: for him. Yeah. This is awesome. God waited for Gideon what
3: else
0: okay this is a big one so here let's let's do this in, in order so God builds him up so basically Gideon there's the order Gideon asks God for proof or I'm going to say more faith
5: you know one witch. thing you know, in yep, Gideon's ahead. defense there <laughs> yep is that uh, you know, the Israelites believed that if you saw the face of God, you would die. Yeah. And so here he's seeing you know, the face of God or a messenger from yeah. God, and he isn't dead. So point. he's probably thinking, if you're who you say you are, mm-hmm. do this, this, and this, because in the back of his mind, he's thinking, well, if you really were yeah. who you said you are, I'd be dead.
0: I like that. And I totally think that's part of it. I think another part of it is what? What is going on in Gideon's world that makes him distrust what's ha- what, what this angel is saying?
4: They're hiding in caves. Yeah, they're like sucks. A, yeah. They're having a rough he was, time. He's like, where are you know, all these stories we heard about? You know, he, like, took them out of Egypt and provided for them in the desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where are you, basically? and
3: his own father has his own yes. father's yeah to and, and one of those Asherah poles <laughs> so I mean he's grown up in a house where his own family doesn't worship
0: Jehovah God so. let's write this down his own family is not right with God he is suffering and so then what I, as we go through this, I want you to apply this to your life I want you to apply this to the modern day Think of Gideon as Roger Howard Or Laura Freeman Or Brian Freeman, right? It's, I'm struggling I am seeing evidence That suggests the contrary of what Maybe I would think God is doing Okay? And so, what what am I going to do? Or what did Gideon do? He's confronted with the opportunity To trust God Ooh, that's like, Maybe I should say it that way Okay, back up. You're not going to be able to read
2: this.
0: (laughs) You know how they say. Offers the opportunity to trust him. (laughs) Please, God, strengthen my faith. Okay, he gives you opportunities to believe, right? (laughs) To challenge your faith. (laughs) So God gave him an opportunity to trust him. Gideon responds by saying, prove it. How many of us, when confronted with what we think God wants us to do, have in our hearts, even if you didn't say it, If in our minds, somewhere deep inside said, I want God to prove, prove it to me. I'm going to raise my hand. Because it happens almost every day. Okay? But what what does God do? God responds not angrily, not through through more suffering. He does what? He builds them up. I believe in you, Laura Freeman. I believe in you, Steve Cruz. I'm going to prove it to you. Then what? He was, patient. he was patient. God waited for Gideon. He was very patient. Thank God he was patient.
5: Yes.
0: Now, here's a key part. What did, how did Gideon play a role here? What did Gideon do?
5: Well, God asked him, and God really put him to the test yep. in this next part when he asked Gideon, or told Gideon, Maybe. he needed to tear down the altar for Baal and the Asherah pole. Gave instructions. Gideon,
0: and how did Gideon respond? He did it, but I mean, it. he did it at night, but bit. he still yes. did it.
5: <laughs> Gideon kinda responds because Gideon knows that yes. by doing that, there's going to be repercussions. <laughs> yes. People are not—he's not, not going to win any friends. I like I to, to go. Yep. Is because then
3: dad supports him, and he's like, well. If it's Bale, they call that like, if it's Isn't this the shock back? of the century, yeah. right? Yeah. You're like,
0: my dad's going to kill me. <coughs> <laughs> he stood up for him. Gideon kind of responds. So then, what does God do?
4: He moves uh, Gideon's dad's heart. And mm-hmm. I think he's maybe we get put in. Position in our lives where we feel like we can't do anything about it. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. It's just the way life is. This is just what we do, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go along with it. You know, but we know, you know, in our heart of hearts, that it's not right.
0: But then, what happens? God provides a very clear sign that he is who He says He is, and this is one of the big miracles here. What happens? No, no, no. Before that, with the fire.
5: Oh yeah, he just he cons he consumes um, the the food or whatever that
0: God acts powerfully to prove his words essentially. Now I
4: thought he, did that before. he did well.
0: So yeah. so what we have here is yeah. exactly. So so basically the sequence of events is you know. <laughs> Gideon has this crisis of faith. God gives him, tells him he has a job for him to do. Gideon says, "Well, you've got to prove to me you are who you say you are." God says, "Okay, well, here uh, you've got to you've got a sacrifice to me. Let's see here. Gideon prepared the young goat. Let me just make sure I get the order right here. <clears throat> Don't go away till I come back with my offering. So the offering is the first thing. He prepares the offering. He puts it down and he says, "Go put it on the rock." pour it out, and with the tip of his staff the angel of the Lord touched the meat, and the bread and fire flared from the rock, consuming it. Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, and he said what? Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But God, knowing that he was freaked out by this, said peace. Don't be afraid. You're not going to die. I'm not going to burn you up. So he builds an altar. So this is the first one. Okay. So then what happens? Then... He has more instructions for him That same night the Lord came to him And said I have more for you to do So now we have God has more instructions And what are his instructions now Now His instructions go beyond Just simple Worship So here let's do this Gave instructions to Gideon for worship Okay Or a little sacrifice I would say because he had this yeah okay okay so then let's do that then let's say for for worship but he sacrifices that's fair
1: yeah because he says give me you know give me a sign that is really you talking to me Mm -hmm. don't go away until I come back and bring my offering Mm -hmm. then he goes
0: okay okay that's fair let's do it that way then what The only instructions you gives him before yeah. that are just that
5: hey you are going to be fighting like your one day okay and let's do it that like, way yeah I don't yeah know yeah that I really fighting, <coughs> fighting.
0: <you> know. <laughs> gideon responds gideon's a lover not a fighter <laughs> okay okay i'm fine i'm fine with that let's do that okay any sacrifices okay but now what's the sequence now God says what? Now I actually have, you know, something for you to do. I want you to go do what? Okay. Here. This is, he wants Gideon to act in the world. Act for righteousness. And I have, you know... Was this an act that was likely to bring Gideon a lot of good things in his life?
1: Yeah. No.
0: no. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there.
4: Also, <laughs> <laughs> yep. part of that, and he moved out of the wine press from the valley, yep. and mm-hmm. put it on top of the stronghold over here for everyone to see. Yep. In uh, verse Ooh, 20, this is good. Mm-hmm. twenty-six, you know, and I think what what's happening here is God is building Gideon up in his confidence, yeah, and then now he's bringing in more people. Okay, let's read. build up their confidence. That God, is, that God is here, and have a job to do.
0: Get it done. Meant to continue to build up Gideon. Look, God knows us. He knows you can't go from zero to a hundred overnight. So He's obviously taken Gideon through a series of steps to slowly build him up. Right now, Gideon responds how we would respond. Now, I'm sorry. Look, I'm I'm a hypocrite. If I saw angel of the Lord touch a rock and all of a sudden my food burned to a crisp right in front of me, that'd be pretty good evidence that this guy knows what he's saying and I better not screw around with it, right? But Gideon is not just being asked to now go out on street corners and you know read scripture to people. He's being asked to do something very serious and very threatening. He's being asked to do something that could threaten his life and his family. And look, he's saying you have to go do something your family's probably not going to like, your friends aren't going to like, and certainly the people of your community aren't going to like.
3: And, like, you know, it said that the beginning, it said come and like, take you lot, almost all your life,
0: but yeah. all of it or Ah, that's it's good.
3: It says, bowls. How many they bowls do they have? I don't know how many he has. <laughs> maybe one,
0: maybe ten. I right. Here's your livelihood. There's not much left. So not only really is he turned out his good but then he's
4: also sacrificing yeah. like, yeah. Have. yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that, I mean, that, I think that's just an evidence of our faith God, too. Because think about—I just read this morning about Noah, and when he came off the ark, what did he do? He offered a sacrifice. There's not very many animal animals <laughs> left in the world, but let's go ahead and sacrifice. I think that's mm-hmm. just a part of our worship to say, okay, God, you are who you say you are, and we, we believe you. And, and yeah. Complete, complete and utter trust. in
7: That's yeah, one of the yeah. animals that right extinct. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we like, we'd like to Noah's story He just
2: saved me, only me my family. But I don't always have that same, you know, that love mm-hmm. and trust. I can, I can come out of something amazing that God did for me and still go right back to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, really? <laughs> yes.
0: Right. And so what happens next then? It's still not easy. It's still not, it's still not easy. And so. And this is the part. A lot of people I think look at this and go, Gideon, you're such a you're such an idiot. Right? God already proved it to you, but then what does he say? Well, first he says, go tear down the, the altar and build a proper altar. Um so Gideon went and did it. He did it at night, right? So he kind of responds, he kind of obeys. But he did get to mm-hmm.
3: the servants, so like he yeah. bring people in on it. Mm-hmm. So like
5: it
0: was going to get out it's not a big secret thing like oh what happened dad I don't know what happened
5: to your idol windstorm
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's good. and the wind just happened to make a new altar so that was really
5: <laughs> I don't know does
0: anybody know who the god
7: of the Midianites was because I just think it's kind of strange we hear that they're hiding in caves and everything mm-hmm. and then these guys got a, a grove and a temple and a pole and Cattle and servants, and I don't think yeah. they were all hanging out in a cave.
0: So, all of the people of this region worshipped Baal, okay. the Baal that we call Baal, and yes. he has different names. A lot of them worshipped Asherah, a lot of the Canaanites worshipped Asherah. So, this would be something that wouldn't be so different from someone like a Midianite, or an Amorite, or what have you, ite. I'm like Yeah. <laughs> but what happens next? He goes, okay, so then we have the part where his, his, his father supports him. And he's like, woof, right? His father supports him. But then what happens? And I love this part about Baal. If, if Baal really is God of the universe, let him yeah. let him act. I love this part. I love this part. I
2: think it's funny to put a scapegoat on. Mm-hmm. on.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, alright, well, says mm-hmm. God did this, but maybe not. Up, yeah. the name your, your
0: hmm It's
2: like, I don't know, give a male a chance to prove
3: things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, we need to do this. So, like, it's like, the air is pretty edgy mm-hmm. So, they not remember Billy, this is the dude that you're not. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that yep. You know, let me all fight against this guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, they you can, know, you know, it's all just a the other side of it, once it happens. Yep. look back.
0: see? You. 400 years later, the people of Israel are still doing the exact same thing. Elijah will, will go up to the prophets of Baal and do exactly the same thing. If your god Baal is so strong, mm-hmm. let him call down, you know, fire and burn up my altar and stop me. That doesn't happen. And he pours water on his altar and what does he say? Okay, well Yahweh, if you're god of the universe, you prove it. And what happens? That Boom, gets consumed. Mushroom cloud.
5: So does the other halter gets consumed.
0: <laughs> exactly, and a lot of Baal worshippers end up being consumed too. So this is going to continue to be an issue. But what happens? So, so at the next step is Gideon is, is essentially exonerated by his family. He is he is not only exonerated, but now he is kind of exalted, right? As this guy must be who he says he is. We're all good. Gideon's got a new name now, right? Like. Baal, you know, prove it, right? That's his name. <coughs> but then the real rubber hits the road. What happens next? The
4: Spirit of the Lord. Is well, beginning.
0: army troops Now it's over. happening. This is it. <laughs> now the this fight's is starting. It. Now Saddam Hussein comes marching <laughs> into Kuwait, right? That was for you. It's okay, we liberated.
4: See? <laughs>
0: okay. So now the enemy... Advances. Now you're sitting there seeing those enemy come over the hills. You're thinking to yourself, what? Oh, crap. Oops. <laughs> right? This isn't good. <laughs> I'm, I'm still just idiot. I don't know. About this. this is <laughs> it. This
3: is
0: it. So the enemy advances. <clears throat> we have another opportunity for faith. <laughs> Get an opportunity. Yep. <laughs> And how does Gideon respond? Probably how you and I would respond.
5: Let's try this fleece thing out.
0: Yes, the fleece, the famous fleece story. And so what is the fleece story? The first one is, okay, 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 God. You are who you say you are. Prove it to me. I'm going to leave this this fleece on the ground tonight. When I come back in the morning, make it so that it's full of of dew, but the ground is dry. Right? That's the first one? Yep. Okay. Okay. What happens? Does God say no?
1: He does. He
0: humors him. He, over- he does, and I think that's probably a good way to look at it, Steve. He humors him. I
2: would that he like
0: too. Bowl of- and say it again. fills up a bowl. It's not just wet. Yeah. It's right. like soaking wet. He's like fine. <laughs> <laughs> the water yeah. Now,
2: you.
0: if you're if you're sitting there, you know. Being Gideon, and you're ringing this out. You're thinking, "What?" Now, now, then he does what? Ask
1: again. Well, he said, "Don't be angry with me." Yep. He hmm. asks. Just one more
3: so he, one more request. He at least recognizes
5: <laughs> that he's pushing the limits here.
1: Yeah.
5: God answers. He's like, "Can you know, somebody
3: could just pour water?" Out of
0: it. Now, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest this. You have armies, tens of thousands of enemy, marched and encamped all around you. What's Gideon kind of doing here? Stalling. He's stalling. <laughs> he's doing a human thing, and he's like, "Okay, now make the fleece dry and the ground wet, right? <laughs> okay, now, right, make it rain frogs or something, <laughs> right? right? I don't, I don't know. know." And God's probably going to be like, "No, this is this is dumb, okay." Gotta but he There's got to be some thought too, like
2: you know, dancing around the asher pole wasn't that bad, right? You
0: know, I could just go back and that. "Oh, this is so good. You know, this is so good." It's that, temptation to return to old life and the old life in this is always what ends up happening and I, I you know in, in being a Christian who struggled myself, what does the past always look like to us? Rosie. Rosy. <laughs> things weren't that bad, right I still ate I just had to hide the wine press. <laughs> uh, you know I still you know I had a family we had in caves. But it wasn't that bad, right? So we tend to look back on the past and say things weren't so bad. Guess what? They were terrible. (laughs) It's human psychology, folks. This is Psych 101, right? And so God again, God answers. Gideon asks again. And God does what? Answers. God answers again. God answers again. Folks. What, what do we what do we take home from this here?
3: I think God knows where we're at, mm-hmm. and He gives us the level of patience that's mm-hmm. required mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever level we're at. So, mm-hmm. like, like for Abraham, He was very patient with him mm-hmm. because God, He didn't know God that well. Yep. And he slowly showed Abraham who He was, yep. and um, then, like, sometimes we think that oh, God was really harsh with certain people, but that's because they. Knew him, Mm -hmm. and like especially like with the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt, like he had shown them in a really big way who he was. And then certain times when they, you know, fought against him, Mm -hmm. that he was really harsh with them because they had a lot of opportunities to pray. But I think he knew that, you know. And I think when like with Gideon, they've been so far removed from that. And Gideon, you know, his family was Mm -hmm. idol worshippers, and you know, I think he knew that Gideon was just at a place where. He didn't know God that well. And so he wanted <coughs> right. to teach with him to let him slowly get
0: to know him and trust him. I want to I ask, how did Gideon approach God through this whole thing? This is key. This is, this is really the key between Bakan and Naka. <laughs> what do you notice when Gideon goes to God to ask for more proof? He says, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Is this a humble act, or is this a defiant, angry, jerky act?
2: That's what I was going to say. He's he's humble. He's he's really right. He's humble. God is God. Yeah. You know. It's really... I want to to make sure that this is really God's work, not me trying to charge in here and, you know, take the glory. I mean, it's...
5: That's a pretty good point too. You know, he he wants to make really sure before he yep. leads his fellow countrymen to be utterly slaughtered if he's not right.
2: Yeah,
5: I Yeah.
0: Allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Allow me. Humble. Right?
4: He doesn't want him
0: doesn't want to offend yes. him. Yes. This is completely different and than like, how he could. Kind of like,
4: okay, God, you raise
2: me up, yep. I, I get it. I'm willing if you, if this is really your deal, then okay. Give me one more shot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> one more. Oh,
0: and God does it. And God is humble. Uh, well, I, not humble. God, God is patient, I should say. He said, um, let, me,
2: let me have one
0: more. Mm-hmm,
2: and I'd mm-hmm. probably be like, "How
0: yeah,
2: about 10. <laughs> in yep. You know, I look back on it places in my life where yeah. that I've been obedient.
0: And it's a, quite a yeah. process to get to that obedience. Yep, it takes time. And, and honestly, we don't know how long passes here. It kind of makes it sound like it was just a couple of nights from the narrative here, um, from start to finish. Um, you know, uh, when all is said and done, uh, you know, whether it's a couple of nights or it's a couple of years or a couple of decades... Like what Laura says, I think God knows each one of us and what what it will take to get us on the path if we're willing to play our part. Now this is the end of Act One. Okay, now we're ready for Act Two and Act Three. Okay, <clears throat> let's go ahead and read Judges seven because now we have the prep. The prep is finished. Well, it's not really finished. It's kind of we're at a point where God is, has made Himself very clear to Gideon. Gideon has now responded and seems to understand. Um, that this is going the right way, the way it should be going. <coughs> Judges 7, let's read the entire thing.
5: So Jerub Baal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord, sa- Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. The Lord told Gideon, There are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. And the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only three hundred of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths to the stream. The Lord told Gideon, With these three hundred men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the three hundred men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Purah. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Purah and went down. So, In other words, Gideon was afraid, so he (laughs) took (laughs) Purah. went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people to the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshipped before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me when I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, and all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the one hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hand, and they all shouted, A a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Beth near Zerah and to the border of Abel-Moholah, near Tabith. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterward, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River.
0: What do you take away from this?
2: First of all, it's super weird that over nine thousand of them
3: lapped up the water with their tongues. That's so weird. It's weird. (laughs) People are like, right?
7: (laughs) I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was nine thousand bowed down to drink.
0: Well, the point is that how many many people today, when they need a drink, go and they, you know, know, sticking their head in the water, right? (laughs) I mean, it's it is a little odd. Maybe at the time that was kind of the way to do it, but I think the point here is this: what is God trying to do here? if, if only 300 had, had lapped like a dog, I'm going to guess maybe God had picked those people. I don't think it's the act of how you drink the water. I think it was the fact that God is trying to winnow this down to the smallest group possible. And why? Because he says in verse 2, in, I, uh, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength saved her. How many people this is this is a big one how many people even if they do believe in God and they pray cure me of my cancer help me get a better job help my kids to to not be sick because they're suffering Um, how many people when God answers are more than likely than not to say well thank you that we had great doctors thank you that um, I had antibiotics Thank you that I really worked really hard on my resume and I have a lot of friends and I got a good job. How many times do we finally get answered by God as proof of our faith is working and we don't give our glory to God? I'm I'm willing to bet it's nine times out of ten. Maybe that shocks you. Even if you are a a devout Bible-believing Christian, nine times out of ten, you're probably more likely than not to say it is attributed to me or to chance or to to the world, why something just happened even though I was praying for it.
3: Don't look what happened to the kingdom. He thought he was it was all his doing. He grass and
0: good old Nebi. Good old Nebi. This is like the original three hundred.
7: <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, this a lot of that.
0: Yeah. The Thermopylae, the,
7: right? Yeah, and then I mean, I don't remember where I picked it up, but these guys are putting their heads down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're on the savannah,
4: that's a good way to get your head bit off by a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not laughs> a <head-head, laughs> defensive position, right? Well, it's so, a, it's a tactic too. It, so yeah. when you pick and you grab water from cleaning your hand, you're still looking up. Yeah, but you're scouting out. <laughs> so these are like
7: sure. he just figured out who the elite of all these guys were, and all these noisemakers can just go away. <laughs> and the and then all, still, all they, even though they were the elite, it doesn't sound like they had to do a whole lot, but stay on They there. didn't
0: do hardly anything. Yeah, they just Well, they did. made some noise. They they they're very good at that. Trumpets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These For are them. experts at breaking pots. And w- what was it like <laughs> when these guys woke up and see all this, all this fire
7: around them? They think they're surrounded by superior forces. It's brilliant.
0: It really is. You know, they think it's the end, right? And already the camp is spooked, you can tell. You know, and yeah. I like what Steve said. Yeah, Gideon was still worried, he was still a little.
5: It was really cool how none of the Israelites had swords. Mm. So there was no doubt who was who was killing this yeah. army. Yes. Because you know, the, even you know, if they had 300 guys all show up with their armor and swords and they were out slaying people while they slept or whatever, well, then they could still take credit for it to some degree, I mm-hmm. suppose. Well, how much
4: faith did those 299 <coughs> folks have in Gideon?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you want us to blow a horn and crack a jar? Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is really good, actually. They did. they did, yeah.
0: And and I like this idea that you know the trumpet in the one hand and the torch in the other. God's like, okay, I just got to fill their hands with something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a sword, right? Um, go put a trumpet in one hand and a torch. It's really cry. a
5: here I am, come get yeah. me. It's a light. Oh my gosh, it's and so a noise. Crude. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You <laughs> want us to go out and yay? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so, it's so true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so let's talk about that for just a second. This isn't just Gideon's faith now. It's the faith of what?
4: All, all the three hundred. Three hundred people. Mm-hmm. Half us three hundred have no mm-hmm. weapons at all. Mm-hmm. Surround this mm-hmm. you know, mass of people. That we mm-hmm. can't even count, mm-hmm. and they did it That's because of the barley bread. <laughs> yeah. So uh, weird dude.
5: In a dry fleece and a wet fleece. Are well, they
1: obviously you? all had some sort of faith in in God.
0: Right? And that's why God chose them. This is I totally believe this, Angela, mm-hmm. that you know, and sometimes it is the faith of one individual, I think that that God will deliver a community. But in this case, I think the author of Judges is making a clear point. It wasn't just Gideon's faith. There was faith in the community that God would deliver him. It may not have been a huge faith, and it may not have been a lot of people, but 300 people—the faith of that—they drove those suckers clean out of town. Okay, and and who killed who here? To Steve's point, they killed each other. <laughs> Well, you can see (laughs) fog of battle. They don't have, have, you know, they don't have mercury uh, uh, halide lights, right? (laughs) It's over the battlefield. It's pitch black. It's the middle of the night. They don't know who it is. They just see torches, you know, fire, um, trumpets, clashing of of pots. Pull your sword out, and if some guy bumps into me, right, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I like that uh, God moves it down to 300 after Gideon's Mm
3: -hmm. twice. Oh, yeah. And he has this huge army. Yeah. And, then God's,
0: and And he's he probably two. feeling pretty good. He's like, okay, I can do this. And so we did a yeah. test
3: God, and so now he's like,
2: okay. And then God's like, okay, but well we're going to roll it down to 300. So I'm going to, like, throw your crazy even more, because I'm going to show you that with your 300, like... But even the 22,000 didn't <laughs> compare to the... They had more camels than the sands on the sea. That was just camels. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Not every guy had a camel, either.
0: What does this say about the faith of the Israelites Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave. 22,000 left.
6: There
4: was 33,000.
0: Yeah, there's 30,
5: yeah, 32,000 well, where left.
6: Where'd they all yeah. come from? Because mm-hmm. to take down the, the altar earlier, they just, like, mm-hmm. 10 people.
5: Right. Well, he's like calling 30, out. 30, so, you know,
6: he's calling out <laughs> to
0: his neighbors. Um, yeah. You know, this is like all, you know, most of the stories of the judges, we find that once the judge needs to act, he raises an army, and often, some of the other tribes will contribute people. And here, that's exactly what happens. So some some of them.
4: Caves. Yeah. He was hiding in caves. Yeah. You yeah. go back to the 613 order, or 12, where the Lord calls him Almighty Man of Valor, and then he tells him that you, you'll, you'll strike the Medians as one man. Right. You know, and then through all these tests that he um, that God allowed him to be tested with yep. um, it was that, that verse 15 where he heard that dream he's like alright he went down and said arise and the Lord has given us many and that he, his faith came to full bear right yep. there like, God is with me for all this stuff and here we go and then have there been a, a time where at the 1 out of the 10 where you actually do praise God mm-hmm. where you ask for something specifically and God answers it right there yep. and he worked it that's what I like about that, too. Right? After you heard that, you worship God. Yep.
0: And you worshiped God. That's yeah, the result. Like
3: he had the tipping point. It finally, was the tipping point where, like, okay, I have all this evidence of, like, God answering my prayers and answering my tests and, like, all this stuff. And then finally, when he heard that dream, it's like he heard it from some just random person. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, that I did.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And now I'm full <clears> on. Yep. Okay, God. Yep. Yep.
7: What is it? Well, the chances of that too. I'm
3: going to walk into a camp and
0: just happen on somebody who is retelling his dream. I mean, Thank you, sir. The, Thank I mean, you. Yep. They didn't have TiVo back then. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> How did it come across? Just happened to be there. Yeah. Well, one one way of looking is, was it just these two guys who were saying that? No, or was it? Yeah. was even if it was a whole camp to get him while to still hear he him say it. it. Yeah. Totally agree. Hundred percent. What? It's just a coincidence, Jeremy. Come on. But, like, her brain is God that he's like,
3: okay, first you talks to me, yep. and then I will do that 300, and God's like, hey, but if you're, like, nervous, yeah. go down and listen, and you'll, you know... I love like, this. God, he I doesn't even, this. like, make Gideon ask. He's like... He
0: knows Gideon's heart. He's like, dude, I know you're going to be worried about this. And I'm asking... And God knows he's asking something very big from Gideon here. This guy, a week ago, was threshing grain in a wine press...
3: Hiding.
2: Right,
0: hiding. Now he's leading an army of Israel. He's
2: walking in there with a jar and it's
0: not like <laughs> we're touched. <laughs> and if you're thinking, you're like, this is absurd.
5: I have a footnote here yeah. regarding the the bread. Okay. Um, and it said, you know, barley bread tumbled into camp, and barley bread, it says, was half the value of wheat bread, and or barley was half the value of wheat, and mm-hmm. the bread was considered inferior, and so that's part of their understanding that this inferior force was going to come into their camp and ah, destroy them. I like that.
0: That is really cool. I was just imagining a giant oat bran muffin coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is a lot more logical, Steve. Before we get out of here, I really want to make this final point, and it's what's getting at here, this whole idea of testing God. <clears throat> the question is, in the New Testament, is there evidence that God wants us to ask him for more faith? You can read it for yourself. The New Testament is full of examples where even Jesus himself says, I am, I am praying for you to increase your faith. People come to Jesus and say, help me with my faith. And what does God do?
5: He gives he you answers. opportunities.
0: Gives you opportunities. <laughs> but he answers. He responds. This is not a sin, folks. And this is, this is what a lot of people will get wrong. It is not a sin to go to God with a humble heart and say I need help believing. He wants you to do it. Luke 11:9 to 12. Let's read these. Let's read these.
1: I can read it. Go ahead. Turn it. Uh, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion?
0: That's it. It's God says... Of course I'm, I'm not going to punish you if you ask me for help. If you ask me for help, I'm going to give you help. I'm not going to punish you. Let's do Luke 17, 5.
6: The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith.
0: <clears throat> In, increase our faith. Yeah. Increase our faith. Yep. Okay. Increase our faith. The apostles went to Jesus and said, Please help us with our faith. Luke 22, 32. Nicole wants to read that.
6: Oh, okay. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers.
0: Jesus himself says, I am praying to the Father, that Simon, your faith increases. And not only that, what happens when your faith does increase? You'll help each other. We, Folks, we are <laughs> the community of God, meant to support and build each other up. When you hear about an act of God, Acting in your life, the first thing you should do when you find out that God has acted is what? First thing is you do what? Praise God. You worship. Yes. You worship God and give thanks. And the second thing is you do what?
6: Tell everyone
0: else. You tell the world. You tell the world. Mark 924. We we don't have to read these. Mark 9.24 and then Romans 12, 1 to 2, and 6 to 8. The point here, folks, is this. It is not a sin, far far from it, for you to ask God to help you with your faith. The point is, we need to go with a humble heart to God to say, help us. We all struggle with unbelief. And in Gideon's case, I think it's a perfect example of <clears throat> God will be patient with us. He knows each of our hearts. And if you're willing to trust God and step out in faith and do what he asks, it's it's baby steps. It doesn't happen all overnight. <clears throat> but if you are willing to go with God, slowly and surely, he will go with you. Thank you. This is a great way to end the story of Gideon for today. Next week, we will finish Gideon's story, which gets a little more uh, dark, and we will get into the next part of Judges. So, thanks for.